being an active participant in today's church. Good morning, Christian America. That's the message for today, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you might not take kindly to a message like this because there's an idea that permeates a lot of Christian thought that all you need is Jesus. All you need to be saved is a personal and individual relationship with Jesus. And that is correct. However, what does Jesus say about going out and making believers of all nations, making disciples of all nations? What does scripture talk about in the early church of, of Christians coming together, breaking bread in communion, in connection with, with each other, within the faith, and with God? Jesus says, where two or more gathered, I will be there. He doesn't say that if that if you're simply alone, that he'll be there. He says, where two or more gathered in my name, I will be there. How can we and what should we be doing to play an active part of today's church? Let's get into it this Friday. Good morning, Christian America. Good morning, Christian America. Ed here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. Remember, if you like videos like this, if you value, if you get value from this content, we ask, ask that you share this on your social media uh, profile. We ask that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We subscribe to the Rumble channel. You subscribe to any of the podcasts. Let's share the message of God because it's important today. It's the most important thing that we can do today because our world um, seemingly gets more crazy by the day. And so today I want to talk to you about just briefly about being an active participant in today's church. We've posted some videos in the past and we talk about the churches. We talk about some of the, the, the shepherds or, uh, that are really hired hands um, that lead our churches, that lead different organizations and that are leading people astray. We've talked about um, you know all the, the struggle within denominations, regardless of what the denomination is, we, is, we talk about uh, the struggle that people have in the churches or uh, some of the stumbling blocks that are within the churches and the pews and in the pulpits. And I've received a lot of feedback about, and, and more and more, we're receiving feedback from people who are saying that they're done going to church. They've had bad experiences. They've tried. They've tried not just for two or three months. But they've tried two or three years, five years, ten years to, to develop relationships in the churches that they've been attending. And, and all they've seen, all they've experienced is hardship. And they've experienced hypocrisy. They've experienced uh, gossip. They've experienced uh, nothing good as far as the community of Christ is concerned. They've, I've, I've heard stories about um, pastors being more concerned with the amount of money they're bringing in, the amount of, um, amount of things that they can buy, how big they can build the church, being uh, seduced by the trappings of the world, by the trappings of applause from the secular world. And, and, and these Christians who are seeking Christ, that are, that are, that are truly going to church for, for worship and praise um, and expecting others to do the same, which is, which is pretty reasonable, haven't found that. And so there's a, a growing movement to, to individualize people's worship. And 
while yes your salvation relies on your faith in Christ whether or not you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because scripture says that there is a necessity friends there is a necessity to be a part of a community we are made to be members of a community from the very beginning we were made male and female we were made to be married we were we were made to be in a community god ordained all of these things and so when we reject that and we and we isolate ourselves we can be led astray even easier the devil can creep in even easier no matter how strong your faith is you need some support even the most devout monks that live secluded they do it together and the reason they do it together is because chances are that they wouldn't be able to do it alone and scripture tells us jesus says that where two or more are gathered in my name i will be there that he will be present now we could you know we we, we assume that when we pray on our own we assume that he lives within us we we believe that but jesus actually says in scripture that where two or more are gathered in my name he'll be there so that we don't have to believe we don't have to assume we know because jesus said it when you look back at the early churches or the founding of the church with the jewish believers in jesus you go back to the early days in the book of Acts and, you know, in, in Paul's epistles, once he is, uh, once he recognizes the truth, conflict in the church is nothing new. Conflict in the church has been around since the very beginning. What do we do? Do we run or do we stay? And the Holy Spirit comes in and they teach. The church is under attack from the very beginning by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they tell Peter and John, you will not preach in the name of Jesus. But they do anyway. They said, and they don't lie about it. They don't obfuscate. They don't pretend that they won't teach and then they go do teach. They, they say it quite frankly. We will not stop preaching in the name of Jesus. When Paul is converted on the road to Damascus and he spends time in, in Arabia and he spends time understanding the whole the the, the Old Testament the um, the Psalms the prophets the Torah recognizing Christ for who he is and the suffering servant that Isaiah professed and he enters into the world he goes to these communities he does so out of love. He does so to gather the people. He goes to the synagogue. He goes to the temple area where people are gathered. And he builds communities. And those communities have all types of problems. They had problems before he got there. He introduced Christ to them. But then when he leaves, they still, have, they still go back to problems, new problems should or should we not bring in the gentiles that's a big question 
that Paul and Peter and James and John have to figure out. And they just don't automatically agree. They have to go back to what Jesus said. They have to go back to what the prophets say. That eternal life is open to everyone. That when the Messiah comes, he will come not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well to reconcile the world. They didn't just come up with that idea. They talked and argued amongst themselves. Should people be circumcised or should, or should they not be circumcised? Should we make the, the Gentiles who believe in Jesus to, to be circumcised to enter into the Jewish community? Big rift between Paul and Peter. Big rift between Paul and James. So much so that they had to meet in the first council in Jerusalem. And even after they meet and they come to an agreement saying that you don't need to be circumcised to be a part of the Christian community. There's still conflict within the church. In 1 Galatians, Paul writes about this, or excuse me, uh, second chapter of Galatians. Paul writes about this. Paul says in Galatians 2.11, when he's in Antioch, after the council of Jerusalem, when they've agreed, he says when Cephas, and that's Paul's name for Peter, Cephas. So when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly wrong. Until some people from uh, came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to draw back and separate himself because he was afraid of the circumcised. This is a conflict between the pillars of the church. This conflict of the church that you're in or that you've attended or that you've seen, it's nothing new. Paul writes in Corinthians about how the church has separated themselves amongst preachers. Some like Cephas, meaning Peter. Some like Paul. Some like Apollos. And they follow them. There's a conflict of personalities within that church. Friends, if you're going through conflict in your church, it's nothing new. Find another church. Find another group of individuals that are dedicating themselves to Christ, that are dedicating themselves to the Word of God. Don't reject it altogether. If your church is more interested in raising money, find another church. If your church is injecting politics over the Word of God, find another church. If your church is interested in, in equity and, and outcomes, and that's what you get fed on Sunday, find another church. God isn't worried about things of the world. God surely isn't worried about equity. From the very beginning, he's been inequitable. Cain struggled for no reason and Abel prospered for no reason other than God made it so. Very inequitable from the very beginning. Both equal, inequitable. That's just an example. But what we can't do is we can't reject the church altogether. We can't reject the community altogether. We can't keep our faith within our, within our homes and, and that's it. We can't keep our faith within the locked room, the locked upper room as the disciples tried to. We can't keep our faith even within the church. We must spread our faith far and wide. We must take it everywhere we go. We must not leave it behind. We must not put it on a shelf. We, it, this isn't a 
You shouldn't have a, a pristine Bible. You should have a, a working, usable Bible that you can carry around, that you can make um, that you can make your points known, or better yet, you can make God's points known on command very quickly. Even in, in the book of Acts in chapter 2, um, verse 42, in this idea, they said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That's Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 44. Read that on your own. Anyone who's been in a spirit-filled church, a spirit-filled event, maybe a Christian concert, maybe a, a, a revival, anyone who's experienced that Holy Spirit in a room full of worshipers, in a room full of believers, kneeling down, raising their arms and their hands and their eyes to the Almighty, praying, feeling that Holy Spirit within the room. They know that there is no substitute. You, you don't get that by yourself. You don't get that through online uh, ministry or watching content online. You can learn. You can be inspired. You can be educated. You can be informed. But it's very, very hard to, to, to feel that, 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 that intensity of the Holy Spirit if you're not in a room of believers, all praying, all worshiping, all with the same heart, with the same mind, with the same goal of renewing their mind in the Spirit of God. So I ask you this Friday, as Sunday is just a few days away. If you're one of those people that has been pulling back from the church, whatever church that is, if you're one of those people who can't find, it seems, a reason to go to a church, I'd ask you to look somewhere else. Do not give up. There are people there are Christians, there are followers of Christ that are all over this nation, that are in every community. We just have to seek them out and be an active participant in spreading the glory of God. Be an active participant in today's church. And so again, if you, if you like messages like this, if you get value from content like this, we ask not for donations. You can't ask, you know, we, we can't donate to this organization. We don't ask for donations. We only ask for your participation. Please participate in the Christian American revitalization effort by sharing this on your social media platform and subscribing and following us on YouTube, on, on uh, Rumble, on all the podcast platforms, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Parlor. So uh, once again, until Monday, we're going to get back into the Gospel of Mark in chapter 10. We will see you then. Uh, until then, good morning, Christian America.